Welcome back. Happy New Year. And thank you for listening to the one and only IT in the D show. I'm your host, Bob Waltonspiel, always hanging out with the illustrious one, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Randy Walker. <laughs> Guest this week, return offender. He is uh, IT security <laughs> manager at the uh, at the shift group. His name is Jason Brown. We're going to be talking about AI and security, something that's been on the top of our minds for a while. And also, he wrote a book, uh, called the Executive Cybersecurity Handbook. We're going to dive into that and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, you can find us online, itinthed.com. Do us a favor. Give us a like on the socials. Subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts are sold. Don't forget our meetup is going to be on the 18th, third Thursday, Eastern Palace Club in Hazel Park. Great venue. Uh, soup, tons of room for everybody. Great uh, food. Their pastrami is out of this world from the barbecue place that's attached hope to see you out there five to eight no speakers no cover charge just a bunch of it nerds trying to uh hang out and meet people had a good event last uh the december one i always uh it's always weird to me seeing software devs looking for work and it's like have you have you seen what's going on in the market right now yeah um you shouldn't you just make like three phone calls and you should be fine tomorrow um are you still jason are you seeing that too on the cyber side because i know i'm seeing that Quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that are out there from looking for work right now. And, you know, some of them are having a lot of issues trying to, to land something. It's taken them five, six months. Other ones are taking two weeks and they find something else real quick. I was going to say this. We've been hearing this for what, 10 years, Randy, about the underemployment issues going on in cybersecurity. And it seems like as fast as you can pretty much get a cert or a degree, you're getting hired. But like, yeah, what's the story if people are on the bench? They need to like, the stars do align and they need to be hand fed Skittles. I mean, what's, what's the story on that side? Well, even that, I mean, you look at some of the postings and, you know, LinkedIn is famous for this, but they've got, you know, they want entry level analysts with 15 years plus experience. <laughs> You're never going to find that. I mean, for software development people, I've seen, you know, Kubernetes experience for 10 plus 10 plus years. It hasn't been around that long, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you can't you, you can't make this stuff up. Isn't there somebody that's quote unquote smart that helps write these recs? I know, you know, the, the recruiters they're too like you know too broad of a stroke to know everything, but like, don't they ask? Think no, they don't. No, 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 they never ask. But you know, there's the the nice foundation. I don't know if if you're familiar with that at all, but NICE, the NICE Foundation, they've got uh, good ways of, of writing up recs and, and trying to find specific skill sets that you're looking for, uh, for for new hires coming in. So that's that's a little tidbit for you. Yeah, I know a lot of it, um, the whole purple squirrel thing, and I get that. But like, you know, especially if you're looking for someone, because I know like uh, uh, American Axel, Laura's looking for someone. Uh, to work for her on the IT on the infosec team, and it's like mm -hmm. you think like, hey, this is what I need. This is this is the, this is the person I need. Recruiter, go put this out in the ether, and then you know it comes back going. All right, here's like five that I think are good. I talked to three of them that they're you know like you might want to meet these three, and then she meets those three and they hire one. What? Where's the miss? What am I missing in that? Because I know they'll get. I know you'll. She, she's probably gotten a thousand resumes, and I and I get that, but like. What, what am I missing? I don't know. I really, really do not know. Um, 
I, I don't know. You know, you, you look at the market, you, you think everything is going okay. And then, you know, the next, the next thing you know, you're being let let go the two days before Christmas time. Um, that's just, that's the way a lot of, a lot of these uh, things have been going lately. And it's, it's shocking. It really is. I mean, when Rapid7 went through all of their layoffs, what was it, back in August or whatever? Um, you know, the next phone call I got, I was like, holy crap, I'm glad to hear your voice because I didn't think you were going to make it through. See, that's I, – I don't get it. Here's the thing. There's like – we went through it at my day job, and it couldn't have been articulated any more eloquent. There was – tons of resources put put out there people were given packages like there's a right way and a wrong way to do it this i keep hearing these like oh yeah two weeks before christmas and just like yeah you're gone and nothing mm-hmm. or or got yeah what company was oh i i'm not gonna say it out loud um texted people and said you're not required to come into work any longer mm-hmm. that happened to a buddy of mine the morning of gurkhan he was supposed to go up and give a talk for the company. The company paid for him to be there. And at like 8.30 in the morning, he was sitting there at the keynote. It's like, thanks, but no thanks. You're you're gone. I, I, that's a favor because here, they, you know, there's 350 vendors there that are clamoring for his services. It's like, you're, you're, yeah, you're, but yeah. you would never think about taking your resume with you to a, you don't, I don't think you'd have to a, just a talk conference to when you're, <laughs> That would be the yeah. first thing in my keynote going, I just got laid off this morning. Does anybody, uh, when I'm done, I would love <laughs> Can anybody line forms to the left. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, I was thinking about it this morning is there, there's always these, dr- I know the, the big change right now in IT is obviously AI, gen AI mm-hmm. and, and derivatives of, and the biggest issue is security and building proper language models and, and hallucinations. And everybody knows the, the, the ins and outs or what's going on in that world. But the, but in terms of innovation, there's always two or three things that always happen. Like in, it happens in spurts and I'm looking at the security world. I'm looking at the network world. We had a, we had a customer today who's having network issues and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is still a thing. Like I, right. The way they, you know, uh, but but then I'm looking back going, God, SD-WAN's been out for years and nothing's been transformative since. Now I'm looking at InfoSec and it's the same thing. You know, the, we were talking, you know, we had how many people on the show talking about zero trust forever. And it went, oh, yeah. and it went away and nothing's really taken its place. Like what, I want to get into AI and InfoSec, but what in terms of innovation, is there anything that's, come to you come to mind with you like or something that's like not a holy shit moment but something that's like you know we really got to take a look at this i was very hesitant in jumping on the bandwagon right when it came out because you know to me which one zero trust or ai 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 um because to me i mean it's just like cloud computing was 10 15 years ago Right. I mean, everybody was afraid of it. Everybody said, don't put all your, your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Don't do this, do that. 
And look where we're at now. We're, we're all embracing cloud computing. We're all working with it in some form or fashion. You kind of don't even and call it, it cloud yeah. computing anymore. It's just computing. It gets just, right. It's just another it's just letter computer. of the drive. Right. So I see, I see generative AI being the exact same thing. You know, we're, we're in the midst of it right now. We're afraid of it because we don't understand it. And then, you know, 10, hopefully not 10 years down the road, but maybe five, six years down the road, we're, we're all using it. We're all using some form of, of AI. Um, you know, Copilot to me has been somewhat of a game changer. I, I haven't used it a, a ton, but the one, the things I have used it with has, has been amazing. I mean, being able to find answers to questions almost immediately, you know, for, for instance, I don't understand why Microsoft created yet another query language like KQL. Why couldn't they just use SQL? Why did they have to go with something different? So you know the answer to that. Come on. Oh, I know. It's all about the money. I know that. But you know, Copilot has been able to allow us to write a lot of KQL queries um, to be able to to threat hunt and find things quickly within our environment. So it's uh, so talk to me about that real quick. I don't mean to cut in, but it ties into something I was done because I obviously I've been familiar with machine learning. Um, and the UEBA side for, for user be- behavioral analytics for, for seven, eight years now. And that was always, mm-hmm. hey, you know, why do you have people looking at raw log files? This thing puts a story together. It baselines normal, looks for weird, right? Typically everything we've known about machine learning. Now, layering AI onto that, is that just providing, hey, here, you know, here's what's going on. Here's your remediation step. It's almost, it's not going to replace it's, the, it's putting the run book together for you, basically. Right. Right. And then basically, you, you know, it, it, the person that was looking at raw logs, you can just push the button out or remediate. Is that, is that really what's going on or what's uh, mm-hmm. there anything next level that's going on with it? I mean, a lot of the automation with XDR, you know, bringing in cloud computing, mm-hmm. building all of that analytics into it and, and being able to leverage AI and machine learning together to find the inner, the, uh, the IOCs within your environment. I mean, it it clicked to me when when I heard the the comment made about how AI really works, especially with chess. So you can program AI to run through one chess game and then repeat it again and again and again, and it just does it over and over and over again to the point where it can't find or yeah, it can't find any more solutions. Um, and, it, and it's able to do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It, it's not like um, war games where or it's, it's, it is just like war games where the, the computer sitting there playing tic-tac-toe over and over and over again. And it finds it, it can't win. Um, the only solution is not to play, right? Is that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> problem is we're stuck with this stuff. So, I mean, we can't do that. Yeah, I mean it's not going to go away. So we we've got to be able to embrace it somehow. Um, I mean, so here's no. here's the conversations I have every day, and tell me if yours are any different. Is I want to do this whole Gen AI thing. I want to do this whole in general. 
um, our, our data quality is shit. And just to undertake that is, is going to be a monumental task and we might not be ready for a year. Um, cause I don't think anybody walked into the end of 2023 with perfect data quality going, I can't wait until the next big thing rolls around so I can, you know what I mean? Everything was a hodgepodge. What, what are you seeing on your side of the, the world? For for making sure data quality is yeah clear. just just being ready for this whole AI thing because there's I I guess there's everyone always says you know all these salespeople come behind you and they want to push AI but then they go oh by the way you got to spend another whatever million to to fix that and do that and implement this yeah I mean we <laughs> we we were going to use Copilot and then found out we weren't a use case for it because um, we weren't a big enough customer yet. So, I mean, I don't know the, the whole, the, the thing that got me was, um, where, where it's hallucinating, right? I mean, being able to make up stories and, and the, the lawyer who leveraged chat GPT to write a, 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 a case and presented that to the judge and the judge went back and did his fact finding and found out that the, the cases that he made, the cases that he put in there were made up. I never heard this story. Wait, do that. Oh, you haven't. Oh, I'll have to send it to you later. Yeah. So he was trying to write up a a case to, to go to court and he was leveraging chat GPT to go through and, and find other cases that were like his and he put them in there. And well, the judge went back and fact-finded him and found out that none of that even existed. I think that it, I don't want to say he got disbarred, but I'm going to, I'm not, I think he probably got put in front of the tribunal. <laughs> I mean, no, it's no different than my daughter's at Michigan state. And I said, don't you effing dare. Like, I don't even care if you change everything yeah. at the word. Don't you effing dare. Like mm-hmm. you're going to get thrown out if you get caught. Yeah. Yeah, and I was talking to a professor friend of mine, and he goes, you know, you you can totally tell the difference. Even though AI has a, a, a different response every single time, you don't have the exact same flow when you're writing. If you inject ChatGPT into a paragraph, that flow isn't going to be the same, and, and a professor's going to be able to find that out. Randy, who are we talking to? That the they asked about the hallucinations. They asked ChatGPT or was it Copilot, and the Copilot basically was like, "I thought this is what you'd wanted to, you wanted to hear," or like oh they made up. So they like tried to justify it. Do you remember that story? It sounds familiar, but I don't remember who it was. The 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 algorithm, or they tried to justify why it made up bullshit by basically saying, "Oh, the I was at the No Before conference and they did a presentation on that." Is that what it was? It was, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so no before is a, a, a security awareness and, and training company, and they hold a, a conference every year. And part of their keynote was they were introducing AI into their platform, and the phishing campaign that went out was. I need your social security number. This is HR. I need to use this for X, Y, and Z. And the, the, um, one of the programmers responded back to it and goes, 
I don't believe you. This is BS. You know, you don't really need my social security number. And the AI responded back to him about 30 seconds later and was like, we're sorry that you feel that way, but we really need this in order to uh, ensure your employment. Please respond back with your social security number. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it's that stuff that that keeps me up at night (laughs) because it's the fact that you can respond back to an AI and get something that is somewhat coherent and, and makes sense. And, and it's trying to coerce you into responding back. That's the stuff that keeps me up at night. But isn't for the most part, isn't somebody building that it's almost like a, uh, like a chat bot for like, uh, you know, company xyz don't they have to build the if then models for for those chatbots or for the for that for those models for the models they do yeah but it, it's pulling up dictionary words and building the sentences based upon all of that it's not pre-canned oh responses right uh so now bringing it back to security what are because i don't know too many use cases other than kind of what we talked about already with you know, sock remediation and, and uh, you just brought up phishing attempts. Um, is there any, any other decent use cases going on in, in the InfoSec world that, um, that you've been playing around with? No, nothing I've been playing around with just, just ideas that I've, I've been thinking about. I mean, it would be awesome if, if AI would be able to, to dive into low, low speed networks and, and be able to pull out, you know, the various applications and in, in, in real time, you know, it's kind of sound like SD-WAN, but in real time fluctuate the traffic. Um, you know, it, there's been a few articles where they've talked about um, replacing the SOC analysts with just AI period, which scares me. Yeah, I, no. I don't like that idea. That's a no. But being, yeah, but being able to provide... AI and and the run books and and everything else that goes along with their day jobs, especially, you know, I feel for a lot of these SOC analysts that, you know, they're fresh in coming out of school. They may have passed their security plus and now they're sitting in front of a computer and, and watching alerts and events coming along all day long. You know, first you've got alert fatigue and second, they may not know whether or not that's a true alert and they may need the help from an outside source. AI is really going to help them with that. Even if it was human to human, you still need someone to validate because you're, you know, most people are oh, like, yeah. Hey, I got this thing and you're going to run it through a chain of command. Right. It's, it's, I couldn't, I can't see AI replacing an entire, like you, you're still going to need people to, to thumbs up, thumbs down and uh, throughout the, you know, when, when things come come to fruition, you say that, and and software developers are screaming right now because of GitHub GoPilot, hoping to not take over their jobs. It's just it's just an easier way of going to Stack Exchange, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> you know, because like. Again, I'm, I want to. I want to start to. I want to dive in a little bit still in the info in the infosec thing, um, on innovation. It's driving me nuts that nothing's changed really in the last three four years. 
Am I am I just have I am I just not living and breathing in the, in your world, or am I just reading the wrong things or what? It seemed like there was a new product and a new vendor every two days, and now it feels like that just screeched to a halt. Am I am I it, completely it off? It did. It did. I mean, I think what was it? EDR and XDR just came out to me overnight. I mean that that was that was a complete change in the way that we we handle malware um and i i think the ztna portion of vpns have have come out quite a bit and and have helped out easing the mobility part of it um and then ai i I think those have been the the three big ones that we've we've seen over the last three to five years, um, none of them have made a significant impact on the infosec world other than, you know, the, the AI portion of things. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I just, I'm, I, I got vendor fatigue a long time ago and there, I bring it, I bring it up to CISOs all the time. Uh, when I talk to them, like, how do you make sense of this? God blessed chart where you have 16 different whatever stacks of infosec and then you have your top 15 vendors for each one it's like you there's no way you meet with every rep on these you can't you know and a lot of them just answer like yeah we back channel and we figure out what's best of breed and who's doing stuff right and who's expensive and who's not because it's like and everyone's got a different story i mean i was telling uh someone today i had i i had a contractor over just to do some siding work and it was a pretty basic job. And one guy came in at almost 20,000 and another guy came in at three. And I'm like, this is a commodity. So I can't imagine what you guys go through having either to buy software that you really don't know where it starts and stops because you have some rep and a solutions architect that may or may not know the intricacies of this you know, product. Mm-hmm. And it's just, how do you make sense of it? It's, it's, it would absolutely, in the, like, how far do you go in the stack? You know? Yeah. Cyber insurance told you you need to buy endpoint, you know, but you were running just fine the last three years without it. <laughs> or li- li- half the people I knew were. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know. We've seen a lot of regulatory requirements come out over the last five years from the SEC and the reporting part of it. We've seen, oh my goodness, um, I'm I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> no, fair. I, I wanted to ask about something else too. Like, when's the last time you heard a story about someone holding a uh, network ransom or doing ransomware? Like, I, I, oh goodness have you seen the the double take on the ransomware lately absolutely not no like i said i think i gotta i gotta find new things to read because i'm i'm missing out on a few things yeah so they'll they'll hit you once and then somebody either the same team or a different variant from a different team will run in and encrypt you again so you got double ransomed because they know you're already down on your knees and they're just taking that baseball bat to your head. It's going, they, Come on. 
Yes. That's the crazy thing is people are paying. Like that was, uh, yeah. It was like, what are you doing? It's even. What's even crazier is their customer service is better than Microsoft's or any other vendor that's out there. That's crazy to me because they want their money. If that's if that's all you do. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> they don't have a diversified product portfolio. Um, and that's the thing. Who, who are they hitting right now? Because I would like to think that most corporations have their shit straight in terms of being able to revert back a backup, being able to start stop, or at least have discussed it to the point where they have a plan to get back to normal. Am I, am I, am I just assuming the best out of people? And I'm, I'm so off base. They're, they're hitting everybody and anybody. I mean, there hasn't been a target yet. Um, that is, has been pinpointed saying, you know, we're going to target healthcare next, or we're going to ta- target manufacturing next. I mean, some of the, uh, I guess some of the, the targeted ones have been lately um, on the OT side, they've been attacking water filtration systems here in the U S because they use a, Israeli parts. So they've been attacked because of that. Um, but no, lately, it's been anybody and everybody has been kind of fighting off the, the ransomware attack. Yeah. And maybe it's just that it hasn't gone to the press. Cause they used to, I remember there used to be a story a day of the, the home depots, the Wendy's. And it's almost like, um, I really don't want to say that PR firms drive this stuff or someone, there's a company, you know, like I always joked, you're, you're I don't know if I ever told you this, but I always thought the the antivirus companies were like the ghostbusters. They would pay, some kid in the Ukraine to write some wicked mm-hmm. virus. And then they would sell a shit ton of licenses after it got released. And then the press all writes about it. And they all know the name of the virus. And um, I'm like, they're, they're the, you know, the ghostbusters, they, they're, you know, they release the ghost and they go, Oh, pay us and we'll get rid of them. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, though, like when's the last time you, when's the last time anyone did anything with antivirus? It's like, I guess now that Microsoft defenders a legit product, is anyone talk, like Kaspersky and Trend Micro? It's like, 2024 and that phrase came out of your mouth and I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> Say that five years ago and I would have been laughing my ass off. I, right? Trust I mean, me, it's hard to say. It is. It, it is. And it's hard to get rid of because it's built into your E5 licensing. <laughs> right. Where it you to have E5 licensing. So you can't, it's very hard to justify leaving a platform, no matter how many hoops you got to jump through to find out where you're, what you're looking for. Um, I don't know. No, it's a thing. Like, (laughs) you know, that was always the biggest, like, I remember when's the last time you did a malware clean on your personal PC? Like I remember like the ad aware oh and to run ad aware, like every Friday before you, t- you know, um, we all bought <laughs> whatever version of trend micro, like haven't done any of it. I don't even know if it would show up anything. If I downloaded, like, is the ad aware even the thing? Like I've never, I haven't needed to do anything in years. No, no, no. I mean, CC cleaner. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I've, Mac guy my whole entire life. So, I mean, 
even on the Mac side, you got to clean it up every once in a while. But yeah, adware, spyware. Well, I can say this. I mean, my my stepmom, her phone was pretty infected. Um, they they handed me the phone and she was using it and she kept getting pop-ups every two seconds. I'm like, how the hell did you get that kind of malware on your phone? That's the first time I've actually ever seen anything in years. On a phone? Yeah, I haven't seen anything. On a phone. My mom, every other time I see my mother, she hands me her laptop and it's just like, <laughs> what did you click? I go, you and the rest of the German ladies all send these dirty jokes and you guys double click on attachments. What are you, what are you clicking? I've never seen this before in my life. And it's like, they, did they tell me to call a number, Bobby? I'm like, don't call a number. My dad actually called him once, talked to him for two hours. I'm like, oh my God, will you guys stop? Um, so, uh, you know, <laughs> we could, we could I, don't, I don't know. I can, I can come up with other stories, but yeah, I mean, wh- what were you going to say? No, I was going to, I was going to dive into your book. Um, oh yeah. And, you know, when you told me uh, before the show, like, oh, I wrote a book I, and I started joking. I said, oh, yeah, Chad GPT wrote a book for you. And you're like, give me a break. <laughs> but it's the uh, Executive Cybersecurity Handbook. Um, yes. I guess what yeah. was is uh, then I started talking to you about I want to write one of those for the the sales profession. Um, there's a lot of slapping I want to do to a lot of different t- the stories I hear uh, on my side of the world. But, you know, what I guess what prompted you to write it and what's uh I guess, you know, do you have to, uh, you know, I guess update it every, uh, you know, are you on version like 8,700 because you have to update it every three days? Yeah, no kidding. No, and it's funny because I still get that question all the time about did did you get ChatGPT to write half your book for you? And it's like, (laughs) that's kind of cheating. You realize that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but... um, being a, a CISO and a, a virtual CISO for, for a number of organizations, um, it, it was glaringly obvious that we needed some help from somebody to come in and, and, and try to lay the foundation of what a cybersecurity program kind of looks like. Because... You know, I've I've walked into too many organizations where they say, "Well, I've spent 1.5 million dollars for X, Y, and Z product. Why am I still being attacked?" And and it's never it, it's it's never been something that has clicked in people's minds that trying to go back to just the foundation and the basics of what cybersecurity looks like. You know, the first job I had, we put a, uh, there was a firewall at our front door and it had an any, any, any rule in it. And it's like it, it clicked the checky box, but it didn't do anything else for us. And that has been the, the MO in cybersecurity for the last 20 years. And that was, uh, I remember in the early days, like, you know, are you, like generic generic question are you guys secure like oh yeah we got a firewall we're good that was, that was a running joke yeah um so in terms of um i guess the the handbook what's the uh you know not to get too much into the details you know i don't give away too much but like are you you know what's the i guess what's your spin on you know because everyone else does kind of a hybrid right NIST framework peer group 
um, their own their own personal conviction stories. What's what do you bring into the table that's unique in terms of what you learned over the past you know fifteen twenty years of your career? You know, just just trying to understand the basics of of cybersecurity, picking a framework like you said. Um, the the book works with the the NIST cybersecurity framework along with the Center for Internet Security, uh, Critical Security Controls. Um, but it, it goes into, you know, ISO and, and some of the other ones. It talks about how to develop a policy standard and procedure framework because a lot of, of organizations tend to have issues writing policies effectively. So I, I wanted to get that put in there and just some things to, to look forward to for the, the future. Nice. Um, are you on Amazon? Where, where can you find it? Yeah, no, it's on Amazon. Cool. I'll post a link in the, in the show notes and I will, uh, I'll grab a copy. Well, well, thank you. I oh, no, I want to check it out. <laughs> Cause like the way things have evolved, I guess in my world, I'm kind of like with me, it's, it's all identity and everything else is kind of secondary and tertiary. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but it, to no. me, that's what it feels like. That's the way the world moves right now is privileged access, um, identity management. Um, and then you figure the rest of the shit out. Um, you know, and <laughs> I always say I'm a crackhead, but you know, you can validate that I'm a crackhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't say anything. I promise. Like that's why you're in sales, Bob, and not, uh, managing security for companies. Right. <laughs> Um, but Hey, Jason, it's always great to talk to you. Always great catching up. Always, uh, yeah, always you. learn something new. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to ask you the question. When, when do you start yeah. putting out the, the five timers jackets? Are I you five timer now? No, I'm a three timer. Oh, you got to wait probably another. I got to uh, wait more. I'm just, I'm just plugging away right now. You're, you've been on more than three times. I don't know. I don't Randy, know. Randy will look it up right now. He's good at that. I, I want to say it's five because you were on Merit already. You've been on twice, two or three. Oh, that's right. I went on yeah. twice at Merit. That's right. You got the Booker. You get, you get a Booker T, the five-time world champ. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, we'll put your uh, LinkedIn info and your, uh, the link to your book um, on show notes. But always, always good to see you. Always good catching up with you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Jason Brown Shift Group. Uh, that's going to wrap things up on behalf of uh, Bob and Randy. Do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.